Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... If God's going to get me out of something, I don't have to lie to help Him out. I'm wrong. I'm 100% wrong. If I'm getting out of it, I'm getting out of it telling the truth. But I'm not going to lie and then see if if that's going to help God. God, you're going to be merciful. You're going to be merciful while I tell the truth. If I'm going to get the ticket I deserve while telling the truth, I'm going to get the ticket I deserve and I'm going to have to do better next time, you know. But we need to be a people that tell the truth. Uh, It's important as believers that we walk in the truth. This is why it's so important. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 44, speaking about Satan, it says he is the father of all lies. Is it ever okay to tell a lie? What if the lie helps save someone's life? Some people use the story of Rahab the prostitute to justify lying in certain situations because she lied to save the lives of the two Israelite spies in Jericho. In today's message, Pastor Bill clearly teaches you that God never needs you to lie or to commit any other sin to do His work. If Rahab told the truth, God could have saved the spies some other way. Don't use your circumstances to justify sinning. Obey God's commands and trust Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 19 as he continues his message, Faith Under Attack. The challenge with the argument for the greater good is it's not founded in Scripture. It, what it has is tons of really uh, intense reasons. What if someone came to your front door, Bill, and they had guns and, and knives, there was 10 of them, and they said, is there anybody, if, if your wife and kids are here, we're going to kill them. Are they here? What are you going to say? I said, now the temptation to lie would be great, but I cannot make it okay with God. In that, I can't say it would be okay to lie in that instance. In that instance, I would be at the mercy of God. You know, God, if, if you're going to protect us, you're going to protect us. But I don't have to lie to help God do anything. Uh, so remember that, right? So it, there may seem like instances where, but if you can make lying okay, you can make murder okay, you can make adultery okay, and you can't make any of that okay with God who said, thou shalt not. Amen. I just want to give us that. So let's move on. So now uh, verse 14, this is the lie. So when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. Is he sick? He's not sick. He's gone. She didn't let him out the window. Um, So that's a lie. She told him that lie to hold him off. (laughs) Verse 15. Then Saul sent messengers back to see David saying, bring him to me in the bed that I may kill him. Isn't that crazy? He said, they said, David is sick and he's in the bed sick. They bring his bed over here to me that we can kill him in the bed. I just want you to hear that this man is going crazy. Bring me, bring him in his hospital bed, bring, roll his gurney over here so we can poke him to death or whatever. You know, that's what Saul is ready to do. Verse 16. And when the messengers had come in, there was the image in the bed uh, with a cover of goat's hair for, for his head. Then when Saul said to Michelle, why have you deceived me like this and sent my enemy away so that he has escaped? Lie number two. And Michelle answered and said, he said to me, let me go. Why should I kill you? That's a lie. So now she got, you know, she said, David threatened to kill me. He said, if he said, if you don't let me go, I'll kill you, girl. And, uh, and so she's, I fear for my life. I, I, you know, I did, I did it. So she lied both ways. Um, I, I just point this out because this, this, that's her character. That's who she is. And even though she was doing a good thing, this is not good character. Amen? Amen. Not godly character. So, uh, and this is an important, I think, for all believers to know. We can never help God out by sinning. 
So it, it may appear like, God, it looks like I can help you out by, you'll never have to sin against God to get something God's going to give you. If God's going to save your life, he's going to save your life while you tell the truth. Right? If God's going to give you a pass, if God's going to have mercy on you, he's going to do it while you tell the truth. Um, I had a situation today where God showed me uh, extreme mercy. Some of y'all know I'm not the best driver, right? Uh, some of y'all don't know. If you don't know, you know now. And when I say not the best driver, I'm a good driver. I'm, I'm not good at keeping all the rules of driving. So I, I had drove out to I had to do something this morning in Orange County. And I'm, I'm in I'm coming back. I'm in my daughter's car. That was, you know, I'm, I'm giving excuses like, you know, but anyway, I'm in my daughter's car and I, I made a mistake and got off the freeway at the wrong place. And I'm like, oh, man. And then I was trying to get back on the freeway and they're, you know, they're doing construction. So the stuff is not where it's supposed to be. So I passed up my on ramp and I said, oh, the only way to get back to the freeway uh, quickly was to make an illegal U-turn and. And really tick off a bunch of drivers and, and then get back going. And so I said, ah, and I did it. I did it. God saw me. I did it. I did it. And, uh, and as soon as I rolled onto the freeway, I heard, woo, woo. And I was, I did. I thought, oh, man. And uh, so the highway patrol, he got, and I know, I, I earned it. Whatever is coming, I know. This is not, <laughs> this ain't racial profiling. This, this is all my fault, you know. And so the guy pulls up and he said, uh, I can't put his words exactly, but he, he said, um, was that the best, was that the wisest maneuver? And uh, I knew not to say nothing sassy. I said, no, sir. No, no, sir. No, sir. It wasn't. You know, I, just, I, just, I just humbled myself. I said, no, I, I got no recourse. I said, no, no, I shouldn't have. No. And he said, and, and, and you know, you, you turn, you know, if you miss your on-ramp, man, you just go and come back. And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then he, he left. He let me go with a warning. Oh, yeah. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ten points for the good cops, right? So, but here's the thing, right? It would have been dumb for me to say, What? Bother, you know, if I you know, argue back or, or giving him a, if I told one lie, I think that would have went all the way different. You know, it's like it's just look, I I, I know what I did, hundred percent wrong here. So my my point is this: there there's when it comes to uh, you know whether or not we're going to be honest about things. If if God's going to get me out of something, I, I don't have to lie to help him out. I'm wrong. I'm hundred percent wrong. If I'm getting out of it, I'm getting out of it, telling the truth. But I'm not going to lie and then see if. If that's going to help God, God, you're going to be merciful. You're going to be merciful while I tell the truth. If I'm going to get the ticket I deserve while telling the truth, I'm going to get the ticket I deserve and I'm going to have to do better next time. You know, but we need to be a people that tell the truth. Uh, It's important as believers that we walk in the truth. This is why it's so important. The Bible says in John chapter eight, verse 44, speaking about Satan, it says he is the father of all lies. It says when Satan speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. That means like this is what he is. He, he is and he tells he is the daddy of lies. So when you when you become a liar, you walk in the character of Satan. That's what he is. That's what he does. Now, when you become if you're a person to tell the truth, even to your own hurt. Um, now I'm walking in the light like he is in the light. That's my, my God is light. My God is truth. He's the way and the what? Truth. That's he tells the truth. He is the truth. Everything that comes. He can't lie. And so. That's the character that we want to develop and keep as believers. We want to be people that tell the truth. No matter what. You should, people should be able to count on you to be able to tell. If, they don't, if no one else is going to tell them the truth, you should be the friend that people can say, does this look okay? And they know you're going to say, 
Okay, well, you asked me, so I'm you know, I know you're not gonna talk to me for a month, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, you know, people should know you are the one that's gonna tell the truth. That should be our character as believers. Um, it's important. Um, one, because it, 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 it identifies us with our maker, with our God. Amen. And so again, back here, she, she lies two times. Again, this is her character. Uh, verse 18. So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed at Naoth. Now, I thought this was interesting that um, David knew who to run back to. Right. There was, there was, God had put in David's life a man of God named Samuel. Samuel is older now, but Samuel is a man of God, long standing man of God, good track record. His whole life, since he was a little kid, all the way through, Samuel's got this solid track record. And David knew, man, things are going crazy. I'm going to go to the one guy I know. I'm going to go to the guy I know is just solid and sound. And he went to Samuel, the man of God. And, and I, I pray uh, I, I, there's some men in my life that are they're, they're those solid anchor kind of guys. Guys that have just been going for a long, long time and they're still going with the Lord. These guys have been faithful to their wives and love their kids and been a blessing in the church. And those are guys that if I got if I, I want to go talk to those guys when something goes crazy, I want to talk to those are men are anchors to me. These are men that I want to go bounce things off of and, and talk things through with. Um, I say to every believer, we, we want to be growing towards being that to somebody. Amen. Uh, we're all older than somebody. And so, you know, uh, we're all in varying ages and degrees, but we all older than somebody. Hopefully we can be an anchor to somebody. But everybody needs to find those people in your life, too, that, man, when it all blows up, who do you who would you call that, you know, is like this person is just a solid man or woman of truth. They're going to they're going to be they're going to represent God in the situation to you. Who are the who are those persons or people um, to you? Um, And you should identify them. Um, You should be it should be very clear to you. That if, 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 if the bottom fell out tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I'm going to seek the Lord, but I'm going to talk to this person. I'm, I got critical decisions I'm making and I'm, I'm you know, I may be in my emotions. I'm going to make sure I talk to this person. Anchor. Solid. David's got a lot going on. Right. I've been anointed king. I was in the palace. I'm doing everything God told me to do. Go to war. I go to war. Win the battle. Come back. Play the worship. And the guy keeps trying to kill me. Now, what do I do? And now David's like, ah, I'm just I run. The, I'm with Samuel. I'm with the man of God. And I want to reprieve. I want to go with somebody I can just, you know, talk to me about what the Lord is doing here. And we're going to see here this last section of the chapter. God protects David in a in a most unique way. From the attack of Saul and the people that were coming out. Verse 19. Now it was told to Saul saying, take note, David is at Naoth in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the group of prophets, they saw the group of prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as leader over them. The spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul and they also prophesied. So here's the, the, here's the environment. You got Samuel. He got these, it looked like he got a school. He got some young men that are, that are, he's ministering them. These guys are prophesying. When it says prophesying, it doesn't mean these guys are all standing around foretelling the future. Uh, this may be in worship. It may be. But these guys are all speaking under the inspiration of the spirit of God. This is so this is no normal gathering. This is a, a spirit controlled. And the, the Holy Spirit is over this atmosphere. Samuel's here. All his guys are here. Everybody is speaking under the inspiration of the spirit. What would that be like if everybody is just 
just God, just just God is being the spirit of God is moving through people and coming out of their mouth in praise and worship and acknowledgement about the truth of who God. That's the environment set. So these men are coming from Saul. We're been sent by King Saul to get David and they get down there into this environment. And it says the spirit fell upon them and they start prophesying too. they just this, this, this sovereign act of God. God is using the power of the Holy Spirit to just stop what the enemy was trying to do. Not 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 going to happen here, guys. Not in this environment. Not right here. This is amazing to me because God didn't use war. He didn't use weapons. He didn't raise up an army. God says, I, yeah, what we already have is enough. Right. Samuel was never a fighter. Right. Samuel was never a guy that was, you know, he hacked up Agag to pieces. But Samuel wasn't a guy to go out and do battles and do war. Samuel was a man of God, though, a man that would hear God and speak what God told him to speak. And so in this environment where Samuel's doing his thing, God says, man, I'm all up in here. I'm just going to pour out my spirit. I'm stopping them right where they are. Doesn't mean these guys were saved. God just sovereignly. I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to be in control. This happens three times. It says in verse 21. And when Saul was told, he sent other messengers and they prophesied likewise. Then Saul sent messengers again the third time and they prophesied also. And so each time Saul sent another group, the spirit will fall upon them and all that it couldn't help but just prophesy. Probably till they left. And they went back and saw, what happened? What'd you get him? And we got there and we just started praising God. We just don't know what, we couldn't do nothing. It's kind of like when, when, when Balaam was trying to, you know, get them to, you know, pay me, you know, they were trying to pay him to curse Israel and he'd get there and, and all that could come out was just how God was going to bless him and prosper him. And, and Balaam said, man, these three times I told you to curse him and you blessed him and you, you just spoken. They got more territory now based on what you just said. And he couldn't, he's all I can say is what God puts in my mouth. And that's it. And so God was just taking this situation under control. Uh, again, a unique way to protect. But David was protected in this and kept from Saul's intentions. And this had to I, I wonder for Saul if it had to just, you know, uh, it had to challenge him that, man, this I, I used to be on this team. I, I used to have this sort of relationship. I, he knows the one thing Saul knows is that God is with David. I can't even get men through to grab this one guy because the spirit of God has fallen upon him. Unexplainable things are happening. And so it says now um, in verse uh, 22, then he also went to Ramah and came to the great well that is the Shaku. So he asked and said, where are Samuel and David? And someone said, indeed, they are at Naoth and Ramah. So he went there to Naoth and Ramah and then the spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. So Saul shows up and the spirit of God falls upon him, too. And he's prophesying. It says, and he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore, they said, and Saul also among the prophets. I'm going to say one thing. How many guys think God has a sense of humor? He has to have a sense of humor because this is hilarious, right? Saul is sending guys. They get there. Once they hit the area, spirit of God falls upon them. They just got to praise God. Saul shows up. He's peeking around. Where are they at? And he gets over there and then the spirit of God falls upon him. Then he says he unrobed himself and laid on the ground all day and night prophesying. Yeah. Now, (laughs) so let me say this, right? Some of the translations say, uh, some people think he actually was naked. Some people, some believe that this was 
uh, that word can be used in two different ways that he stripped off his he was stripped down to his underwear, which would have meant he stripped off his kingly garments. Um, and, and so this would have been a humble. He took off everything that said he was a king under the inspiration of the spirit and laid down in his undergarments. That's probably more so what happened. Uh, I, I, I know people, you know, have said it both ways. It's funnier to think that he laid out there, you know, butt naked or whatever. But, you know, I, it's, I may have had some undergarments on. I, I do know this, that, that having to strip off those kingly garments, he didn't want to let that go. But under the inspiration of the spirit, he's got to let that go. He's got to give glory to God, which he wasn't doing. And he's going to humble himself. You're going to lay down day and night for a day and a night. So you're not going to touch the guy you came to touch. I'm going to get glory all day. What does God say in Philippians? That one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going. Even those that don't want to. Even those that the, the devil worshipers, the, the, the wicked, everybody, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's coming. Right. We'll will it for us. It'll be just fine. We've been saying it. Right. But those that don't agree, those that are on their way to the lake of fire, they're going to say it, too. And in this instance here, you have this rebellious man in the midst of his rebellion, attacking the person, the, the person that God is using, the man that God's hand is upon. And without David doing a single thing, God has God has made a fool of him and God has humbled him because he wouldn't humble himself. And God is God has taken over the situation. And it, it is a very unique way. Amen. Um, but this reminds me that God, God can do my God can do anything. And David didn't have to fight his own battles because God was taking care of it for him. Amen. Also, the spirit of God is more powerful than anything else. Any army, any king, any person, anybody that think they're a big deal. The spirit of God is all that we need. All we need to be family is with the Lord. It is the most powerful place to be. It's with him. With him, we're covered with him. Everything we need, every resource we need is available. We're tapped in to him. David had everything. David was young. David didn't have the he didn't have the years of wisdom. He didn't have physical might. But David had a relationship with the Lord. And that proved all these these years that we're going to continue to watch David's life on the rise. It proves to be plenty. All that he needed to be successful, fruitful, um, useful to the Lord was that he had a relationship, an intimacy with the Lord. And if I could encourage us in something in the midst of this, David's under attack for nothing. Saul keeps coming at him. David can't let that make him stop. David can't allow that to make him quit because God's not done with David. God's got plans for David for many, many years. God's got plans to use him to do. There's lots of work to do. So David can't quit. You can't quit either. Right. If you're under attack, if it's if it's heavy and, 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 and the thoughts just there, I just want to get away. I just want to run away. Running away, quitting will only cause God to recreate. I know people that have run from stuff. And God will recreate it with new people in a new place. But you're not going to outrun the battle. There are some battles that God says, you're going to deal with that. You're going to face those battles. And uh, I'm going to close with this illustration of that. I, being on staff at a church in 2005, was a really rough year for me. The th some things that were going on there, things I didn't agree with, things that I didn't like. And I had an opportunity, um, so another church had said, hey, why don't you come over here on staff? And, you know, I thought that you know, it's, it's, it seemed like a, a good out for me. I'll leave this mess over here and I'll go somewhere else and and I'll be out of there. You know, I'll, I'll leave the whole thing. And I, I really considered doing it. Problem was, when I prayed about it, God was silent. 
And when I got where I was going, God told me to go there. But now I'm saying, God, is this from you? And God's silent. So I met with the pastor over there and uh, we, you know, worked out details and it, it all was looked like a better situation and all this. And I'm praying and God is silent. Not a word. And then he's asking me, hey, I need a confirmation. I need to know we want to get things you know, laid out. Um, I need to know something by. He gave me a date. And I said, OK, I'll call you by that date. And the night before that date, I woke up at night, had not heard from God clearly uh, about any of this. Just been praying. It's been quiet. And I got up that night, had to go to the bathroom. And I heard in my mind, the Lord said, Psalm 73. That was that verse, that chapter. So I opened up Psalm 73 in the bathroom and I read it. And it's two phrases. It says, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, something like that. And when I read that, God said, you almost making a mistake. You haven't made it yet. You're one day shy of a mistake. And I just said, boom, so I'm not supposed to do this. And I called them, him and said, nope, not supposed to do it. He got mad at me. And this is what I found that I had to do. Um, the problems that I was trying to get away from, God said, what you, what you don't want to do is what you need to go do. You need to go confront the problems here. And I would rather have left and just said, no, that's not my problem. God said, I want you to confront it. As I went the next day, that, it was a Wednesday. Uh, I had to teach that night. So did the pastor that I was going to go confront. So in fairness. But I went and did the confrontation. It was the most healing conversation I ever had. In one respect, he received everything I had said. I got reminded in the conversation of his own humanity and frailty. And there was a there was an understanding there. We prayed, walked away, and it was like, man, this was better than having left that a mess. It was healed, and we had more conversations, you know, from there. Um, but it didn't leave me. I, I didn't leave something a mess and go somewhere else. Then uh, I knew some people on staff at the church I was going to go to. They had a situation in their staff where they, I think it was just a couple months after I would have been there, they let go of over half the pastoral staff. And I can wonder, I'm like, I want that probably I probably would have been on the list being the new, being one of the new guys. You know, they had something going over there. I look back and I just say, Lord, I don't want to run away from stuff. Um, I don't want to run away when it gets hot. It gets hot when you, you put your hand to serve the Lord. There are going to be times where it gets hot and you're going to feel attacked and you're going to feel all these different things. Don't quit. Quit. Quit can't be in the in the vocabulary of the believer. Don't quit. Don't fall back. Press in. Press on, go harder, go stronger, but don't fall back. Don't ever fall back. You'll never lose the battles that you fight. You'll only lose the battles that you, you, you got to quit in, 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 the, in the kingdom of God. If you fight on, you will be victorious eventually. The only time you lose is if you surrender. So we must not surrender. Amen. Uh, serving God will come at a cost. Uh, warfare is guaranteed. The greater the work that you're doing, sometimes the greater the intensity of the battle. Um, but the intensity of the battle will remind you that the victories are going to be big as well. Right. There's a lot at stake. And so uh, like David, who had to press on and God would intervene on his behalf and God's going to continue to use him. Um, we want to take from his example, like Jonathan, who was a faithful friend and willing to do the difficult things uh, to make peace. We want to take from his example. And like Saul, who was a coward who was a busybody, who wouldn't do what God wanted, but would do what the enemy wanted. We want to not be anything like him. We want to we want to recognize that character and say, man, God, help me to never fall into that category. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these lessons. We pray, God, that you would help us. We know that we're frail. We're weak. Uh, Lord, I pray each one of us that you know where we uh, are weak. 
We ask you to give us strength in the areas where we're weak, Lord. God, I pray in those times of battle or attack or warfare that you would help us to stand strong, Lord, that we would, uh, we would stand in the power of your might. We know there are many ways that you can spend your day, but we're delighted that you chose to spend time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel. Pastor Bill is the voice behind these teachings here on A Transforming Word. We genuinely trust that what you're hearing is truly having a transforming effect on your life through listening to God's Word. What is standing out to you about the book of 1 Samuel? Is it the character of Samuel and how he came to the position he did in Israel? Perhaps your curiosity is piqued by the accounts of young David fighting off wild animals and even fighting against a giant enemy. There are all kinds of accounts of fights, chases, and running away from someone who was once trusted. There are also great moments of David and Jonathan and their friendship. This Old Testament book can be such a treasure of information, history, and life lessons. We hope that you're connecting with it in multiple ways today. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry based out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Would you come visit us? Sunday morning services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. For those not in the area, you can live stream our service on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Look for links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Our time with you today is about up, but please join us again for the next edition as Pastor Bill continues to teach through the book of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep learning and growing in the Word and be expected for another great message here on A Transforming Word.